sorry. I'm so unprepared today. I actually had like a semi. Well, no, I had a great week, mm-hmm. but I'm just like all over the place right now. The weekend needs to. Well, so we, it was a four day week because of Labor Day weekend previous weekend and i like the four-day week that's great but then i need another three-day weekend yeah to 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 vamp up again see i started my job on wednesday so i had three-day work week which is actually great i think starting a new job because it's like syllabus week yeah and it just shortens syllabus week just learning things and yeah i mean it's good to do because you just like have to work Mm -hmm. through all the tools and stuff i wish i could just like pick up everything and start working and doing everything I want to right away, but alas. Yes. Woe is me. I have a job, so I should really just shut the fuck up. Yeah, and it's great. And it was a first week, and Kelsey's doing amazing already. Remote position. First remote yep. position. Loving it. I'm loving the weird work situation, like crossover. Like, I get three hours in the morning. That's awesome. It's nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, working remote, I feel like, is is hard. And if you have a good routine, which I know you're trying to establish a good routine, that helps yeah. a lot. Um, I'm still working on that myself. So, Oh, yeah, I'm still heavily working on it, so don't worry. <laughs> There's no perfection here. Yeah. We're not... Okay, good. <laughs> I, I'm hoping that with 2021, we're not expecting perfection out of no. people anymore. We're just trying to be human again. We need to bring no. it back to human. You know what I'm saying? No. Yeah, agreed. No, yeah. Yeah. I love doing that. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, can I say something? Yeah. I do always when... ask if you could say something. You could just say something. Cause I'm self-conscious. It's okay. Um when this podcast airs, it'll be my birthday. Mm. On my birthday. Oh shit, yeah. <laughs> so exciting. Your birthday's on a Thursday. Thursday. Yep. September 16. Baby. Yeah, I'll be t- 28, which is very old. Happy birthday, Carly. Thank you. It kind of snuck up on me. It's like here. It's very fast. Mm -hmm. But whatever. 28 was my golden birthday, so I had high expectations for it. But I was in quarantine, so. Yeah. But how was being 28? Because you're almost almost 29. Mm -hmm. So was 28 being, was 28 good? Um... I don't want this to discourage you. It was the oh, no. it was the hardest year of my life, actually. Oh no! Okay, but it was the probably best year of my life. Okay, so like, I had a lot of lows, mm-hmm. but a lot of highs, and I feel like slowly coming out stronger. I think that's good. I mean, I'm up for a challenge, yeah. right? Yeah, just make sure you hydrate. You know, that's really the main <laughs> yeah advice I have for you is just continue to hydrate because okay. it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. You know. Mm-hmm. So I like it. I will. Chug it, chug it, chug it, chug it, chug it. Stop if you need a snack. <laughs> like, it's okay. Self-care. Self-care. Just be kind to yourself. I will. I think that I'm going to. It's so, <laughs> I think that I, I'm going no, to be it's nice just, to myself. Yeah, it's just so weird because when, I don't know, I always, when I was younger, you know, when I was a teenager or whatever, I thought people that were in their late 20s were, like, so old. Not in the sense of, like, they were elderly but in the sense that they were just like wow these people are so old and mature and like have their life together and stuff when you're 28 you get your walker exactly (laughs) no exactly so it's just weird because I never like when I was younger I never like envisioned myself I always felt myself as a young spirit or something I don't know but I just never envisioned myself being 28 which is almost 30 like I've never I just never pictured me at that point in my life yeah so yeah, 29 is going to be weird for me. 
I think it's going to be good, though. It's like I'm officially a resident old person. Yeah. <laughs> I got like, I could probably get a gray streak going. Yeah. Just to like show my wisdom. There you go. Mm-hmm. I hope we're not offending anybody who listens to our podcast that's 30. Because <laughs> no, I definitely I, don't think that's old. It's just, I'm sure it's difficult to like approach that age, I guess, for someone who. 30 is, is just 20s. a weird one, though. Like yeah. it is because you're like, technically, at least from my perspective, it's felt like. 30 is like the big number like the you gotta think about having kids because your biological clock's ticking you gotta make sure you got all your ducks in a row da 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 and what i'm coming to find is fuck that Mm -hmm. it's a good time to check in with yourself yeah like i'm probably gonna this is probably way too much information but you know i'm one for too much information (laughs) but like i'm gonna check to make sure that i can like safely have kids at 35 if i wanted to like yeah you know, just I'm 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 assuming everything's fine, but I want to like make sure my egg count is high right. enough and all that shit. So as long as you're doing that kind of stuff, just like preemptively making sure that your lifestyle can afford your right. time and stuff like that. Freezing your eggs, ten out of ten. Yeah, my one coworker did that, and she is having a baby actually in October. Wow. Yeah, she's actually she's using a surrogate too. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Wow, so, that's awesome. Technology, yeah. man. Yeah, I would just say, thirties about like okay. This is what a society expects of me. Put that in the trash. <laughs> now, what do I actually want from that yeah. predetermined societal norm that I need to follow? And then fuck the rest. Because, like, who's judging you? That's good advice. Thank you. I'm not 30 yet, but I'm... I'll, I know, but I'll you're ramping up in, for the 30. I'll keep it in mind as I ramp up. It's, it's, on the t- it's around the same ties of be kind to yourself. Yeah. Because... Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Kels. Sorry. No, I love it. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> fun times getting older i mean yeah uh, <laughs> yeah it's you know whatever yeah i but. mean it's weird having back pain all the time but it's cool because everybody has back pain so it's not just like me which feels nice i don't have back pain but i got okay well, i got knee you. pain <laughs> i got knee pain yeah everybody has aches now yeah everybody's like uh can't jump as high can't yeah <laughs> run as far and i'm like okay cool it's not just me like actively deteriorating in front of everybody it's like exactly a group thing that we're all doing yeah. together we're all collectively just a little achy yeah <laughs> i'm a little i'm a little achy i'm a little sore yeah it's been a, it's been a long two years it almost like feels like it's yeah. been like really long yeah. but really short like yeah. i feel like i've woken up from a very long and terrible nightmare <laughs> oh yeah do you know what i mean though like yeah we like paused it, it everything feels, it feels like so I'll like tell stories and I'll be like, yeah, last year, meaning actually 2019, yeah. like referencing something. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. That was two years ago. Sorry. My bad. Like that happened so long ago. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's just this time because of COVID and all this bullshit that we lost because we literally did nothing. Yeah. I mean, we paused on our house. Like that would have been a great time to like finish yeah. our the res- renovations on our house and we've just <laughs> i love it don't make fun of me i'm pointing at the other side of my house that's broken and currently under construction but like you know we could have gotten that done over covid but we were a too depressed to do it and b like we didn't know when it was gonna end right so yeah it was awful any our podcast is about teaching oh each yeah other stuff Hi. by the way this is brought to you by the letter with carly and kelsey I'm Carly. And I'm Kelsey. And we like to teach you guys stuff. And today, Kelsey is going to teach me about something that starts with the letter T. Yes. So each week we switch hosting and 
We're going by the alphabet in alphabetical order. So A to Z. If you start at the beginning of the alphabet, you'll see that we have some Area 51, some Bloody Mary, some codes. All right. Would you like to hear the tea? Yes, please. Right. So I'm going to do a pretty serious topic today. I'm going to be doing the Tiananmen Square Massacre. Okay. So I know that this happened. This has like been in my mind mm -hmm. as a thing that happened, but I literally don't remember much from it. I remember one iconic image and I have no idea what it was for or right. why it was happening. I think we probably, it was probably something that we were taught in history. Oh, it was. It was just probably, you know, like glossed over. Yeah. Because when you're doing world history, it's like, this is what was going on in China. This is what was going on in Europe. This was, you know, it's just like, okay. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, it's like topical. But I did my best to try to like understand truly what was going on at the time. In China's history, Tiananmen Square has long been an important crossroads within the city of Beijing. It was named for the nearby Tiananmen or Gate of Heavenly Peace and marks the entrance to the so-called Forbidden City. The location took on added significance when China shifted from an emperor-led political culture to a communist government. Mm -hmm. Our story today starts in the early hours of September 9th, 1976, when the chairman of the Communist Party of China, Mao Zedong, dies at the age of 82. And at 4 p.m., the Communist Party broadcasts the news of his death on national radio and calls for party unity. At this time, chairman of the Central Advisory Commission, Deng Xiaoping, gradually rose to power as a paramount leader of China and leads China through a series of far-reaching market economy reforms, earning him the reputation as the architect of modern China. In September of 1977, he proposed Bolan Fanzhang, which literally means eliminating chaos and returning to normal. Hmm. This was a far-reaching program that attempted to correct the mistakes of the Cultural Revolution launched by Mao Zedong. So the country then experienced a decade of remarkable economic growth and liberalization, and many Chinese were exposed to foreign ideas and different standards of living. Hmm. So by the mid-1980s, student-led demonstrations became more and more frequent that advocated for individual rights and freedoms. Throughout the 1980s, General Secretary Hu Yaobang, who supported many of these ideals, pursued a series of economic and political reforms for China. Hu was seen by the Chinese people as an opponent to the government corruption and nepotism that was happening. Nepotism is the practice among those with power or influence of favoring relatives or friends, especially by giving them jobs. Mm -hmm. He proposed changes such as Chinese people starting to eat the Western way, with forks and knives on individual plates in order to prevent communicable diseases. He was also one of the first Chinese officials to abandon wearing the Mao suit in favor of wearing a Western business suit. Hmm. And when asked which of Mao Zedong's theories were desirable to modern China, he replied, I think none. Huh. So he was pretty progressive for the time. He also encouraged intellectuals to raise controversial subjects in the media, including democracy, human rights, and the possibility of introducing legal limits to the Communist Party's influence within the Chinese government. This caused many of the party elders to mistrust Hu, and from the start, they feared his influence for promoting free market reforms and attempting to make China's government more transparent. He overall wasn't looking to completely abandon Marxism for China, but he did believe that communism could not solve all of mankind's problems, which I think is like fairly safe thing to say about any government. Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if any government's like 
we got it. We're going to solve <laughs> we all of your did problems. It. <laughs> so, very true. Very true. It was a very liberal view for the Communist Party, though, and party hardliners, a member of a group, typically a political group, who adhere uncompromisingly to a set of ideas or policies. The party hardliners wanted to suppress what they termed bourgeoisie liberalism, which is what who was promoting. At least they felt that way. Bourgeoisie liberalism is often used derogatorily to describe classic economic liberalism of the 19th century. The fundamental principles of this are individual liberty, the right to private property, the right to make enforceable contracts, and the right of voluntary exchange that which minimizes the role of government in society. By 1987, widespread student protests were happening across China to support who. Mm -hmm. His political opponents blamed him for the disruption, claiming that his laxness had led to or worsened the protest and was forced to resign from the party as general secretary. Yeah, he did keep some roles in government, but his power was essentially nothing. Right. So it kind of sucks. By the spring of 1989, there was a growing sentiment among university students and Chinese citizens for political and economic reform. And in April of that year, Hu Yaobang dies at the age of 73. In his official obituary... Who was described as a long-tested and staunch communist warrior, a great proletarian, revolutionist, and statesman, and an outstanding political leader for the Chinese army. However, Western reporters felt that his obituary was intentionally glowing in order to divert suspicion that the party had mistreated him. Yeah. And at the memorial service, his widow even went so far to say that like they were the cause of his death all because of you people oh geez yeah so she was basically saying that the party was one of the reasons that he passed so early because it was yeah it's not good yikes 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 yikes. so many yikes (laughs) so his death acted as the catalyst for the chain of events that are about to happen tiananmen square tiananmen square why we're here today why we're here t t so in the spring of 1989 who was transformed into a martyr for the cause of political liberalization. His death led to the outpouring of national grief with small gatherings forming to commemorate his legacy and give people an opportunity to mourn. Students saw these gatherings as an opportunity to put pressure on the government to reform certain aspects of the political and economic system. And on April 17th, a group of 500 students marched to the Great Hall of the People to hold a small informal ceremony to honor him. The police, however, dispersed the group in fear that the students were trying to cause trouble with Mm -hmm. the government. So following this march, more students began to join the movement, and they created a list of seven demands for the Chinese government on policies that they thought should be reformed or added. Mm -hmm. Following day, the group of students tried to take this list to the ruling Communist Party. However, they were prevented from reaching them by the local police. Students then formed a sit-in out of frustration of not receiving any formal acknowledgement from the government, but were met with police batons. So Mm. very chill, very chill. So now we're in April 21st. Personally, I don't really ever get everyone, at least in the United States, but like, I guess elsewhere, like people aren't okay with protesting. Like, why aren't people okay with it? Just because it's a threat to the power at B. Yeah. I just think people don't like opposition to the government. I think that it's just also a... Yeah, it's it's also like a closed-mindedness thing because, I mean, not trying to, like, say I'm so holier than everybody else. But even other people, like, that I talk to who maybe are older than 
us and not necessarily in the same kind of like viewpoints or even like yeah, like just different generations different generations they just see it all as like so bad any sort of sign of protest is like so awful and it's like shouldn't be done and i'm just like well what else what can do we do, do? isn't <laughs> what this, do you do then it's, it's really interesting because i feel like the same people who are calling who are opposed to these protests are the same people who are like all about the constitution and freedom of speech right. and it's like okay well then we what's did this? it <laughs> and you're exactly. not liking it and exactly. you know and so and they can argue that it went violent but we all know what happened right it's just unfortunately truth is relative mm-hmm. these days yeah it's eerily similar to while i was researching this i felt like kind of getting flashbacks of what happened yeah. a year ago in with all the protests and it was just uh, it was it's a lot yeah okay thank you on april 21st now we're in april 100,000 students so it's getting bigger marched on the square and the state controlled press also because they, they don't have freedom mm-hmm. of press there responded with accusations that the students were plotting civil unrest so they were kind of trying to turn right china against the students who were protesting yeah. this obviously enraged students more and joined by the workers of Beijing, they took to the streets to list even more focused demands to end the corruption in the government, advocate for freedom of press, and move towards democracy. They also demanded that the government retract their statement about the students' plot for civil unrest because it was untrue. A number of students then initiated a hunger strike, which inspired very similar strikes and protests across China, notably in cities like Shanghai, Nanjing, Xi'an, Changsha and Chengdu. The demonstration in Tiananmen Square drew over one million participants wow. and was widely broadcast overseas. Whoa. That's that's insane. That's yeah. crazy. The Chinese government at the time was split into leaders who were sympathetic to the people's demands and then the other group which saw any kind of compromise with the people as weak and it would make the government look unstable and like easy to give in to demands of mm-hmm. the people. The hardline members of the party were in control of the military at the time, and they won the debate, saying that the stability of China was threatened. And on May 20th, martial law was declared, and 250,000 troops were stationed around the city of Beijing. So martial law is when there's a temporary substitution of military authority for civilian rule and is usually invoked in a time of war, rebellion, or natural disaster. Mm-hmm. So when martial law is in effect, the military commander of the area or country has unlimited authority to make and enforce laws. So it's like the Wild West kind of, yeah. I guess. Yeah, it's, um, it's scary. It's a little scary. Yeah. Yeah. So, be- before when you were telling me this, you're like, this is a little scary and I'm, I'm getting... I'm getting this. It's a little nerve wracking. Yeah. I do not go into the I could. There's a lot of I'll get there. OK. So when the 250,000 troops attempted to reach Tiananmen Square, their plans were thwarted by Beijing citizens flooding the streets and blocking their way. So the protesters continued in large numbers, centering themselves around a 10 meter or 33 foot high crowd made statue called the Goddess of Democracy. And by the end of May, more than one million protesters so it went from 100,000 to 1 million protesters gathered in Tiananmen Square. They held daily marches and vigils, and images of these events were transmitted by media organizations to audiences across the United States and Europe, causing Chinese authorities to become increasingly frustrated. 
And so they were frustrated because they didn't want the other countries to see what was going on, kind of. Yeah, I mean, it looks, it makes their country look right. unstable. Right. Nowadays, we're like, hey, what are you doing? Like, I mean, we, I feel like we have access to each other, yeah. all of each other's bullshit, but right. maybe I'm just ruined by the media. <laughs> so this is when chaos starts to ensue. Mm-hmm. So buckle up. I'm not going to go into great detail because some of it is a little intense, but I do have like one story that's a little intense. So should we give a warning beforehand? This may be a little bit of a trigger for some people. So Mm-hmm. skip ahead five minutes thank you please okay so at 1 a.m on june 4th the people's liberation army stormed the square opening fire on a group of unarmed protesters and crushing anyone who got in their way witnesses told horrific stories of tanks driving over unarmed protesters and soldiers shooting indiscriminately into crowds so it was like a mad killing spree it seemed like the pla which is the people's liberation army used tear gas and opened fire from tanks to disperse the crowd and clear the streets. Civilians sought shelter in buses, but were pulled out and beaten. And although thousands of protesters tried to leave peacefully, they were also attacked. Protesters fought back, either by throwing stones, setting fire to military vehicles, using Molotov cocktails, using bats and broomsticks and whatever they had to beat up the military machines. Further chaos keeps going. Groups of students and Chinese citizens begin to chant fascists, stop the killing, and down with the government, to which the Chinese army responds with more open fire. Ambulances tried to swarm to the front lines to save the civilians that had been shot, but were turned away from the square, unable to rescue those in there. Panicked protesters used bikes, rickshaws, and park benches to transport the wounded out of the square into the hospital. It was absolute chaos. There were gunshot victims flooding the hospital every couple of seconds, overwhelming the hospital staff. It was just horrible. And it's it was absolute chaos. Like people were taking bikes and like putting like wounded people on them. There was like a tandem bike, I think, where it had like a stretcher on it. Like it was insane. By 5.40 a.m., the square had been completely cleared of protesters. So that was in four hours and 40 minutes. Damn. Yeah. In daylight, you would hear sporadic bursts of gunfire that could still be heard throughout the city. One British tourist who was caught up in the chaos recounts the horrifying events of the morning after. She stated, a gun-happy soldier fired indiscriminately into a crowd, and three girl students knelt down in front of him and begged him to stop. He shot all of them immediately (gasps) and then came in contact with an older gentleman who put his hand up because he wanted to cross the road, and he shot him immediately, too. When the soldier's magazine was empty, he tried to reload, but the crowd overtook him and hung him from a tree. (gasps) Oh, my God. It was horrible. When they shot those people, he shot them to kill them. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. There's so many little stories. I mean, there's no way to fully recount it, which I'll explain why in a minute. But, you know, then there's like accounts of like one guy coming out of the tank, like with his hands up to be like, I don't want to fight anymore. He part of the people's liberation army mm-hmm. and the people just destroyed him because they're like, how can you open fire on us right. and then act like you want to be immune to right. the, right. to the effects. Right. It, so it was just absolute nightmare. This reminds me a lot of Rasputin and like what was going on then too. I can imagine it being a very similar right. amount of unrest. Government officials who sympathized with the protesters were then removed from power and put under house arrest. The Chinese government then arrested thousands of suspected rebels. Many of them received prison sentences, with a number of them being executed. 
several dissident leaders were able to escape China and flee west to safety. The aftermath of the massacre resulted in greater censorship of the event from the media and the internet. So today, China still uses these automated internet sensors to detect and block content relating to the 1989 crackdown. And as of now, it's reached unprecedented levels of accuracy aided by a machine that learns voice and image recognition as well. So this led to the event largely fading from the collective consciousness of the Chinese people. Many young people now have little idea, if any, of the massacre. Others believe that the crackdown was inevitable or even necessary for the sake of stability. And even those who are well aware of the events or were there when it took place make little effort to seek the truth and push for change. And I don't blame them Mm -hmm. because... If your government turned on you. Yeah. I don't think you forget that. No. Online activists today have begun to show ingenious creativity in dodging the authority censors and getting the message out, despite all of the things in place, including the use of Legos, playing cards, rubber ducks, confetti, huh. and even pornographic videos. Wow. Interesting. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> the Chinese government goes to extraordinary lengths to ensure that Chinese citizens do not engage in any public discussion or visual acts of commemoration of the massacre. Despite the large presence of foreign news correspondents in Beijing during the actual event, the Chinese government ordered foreign news channels to stop broadcasting the event, so there's not as much documentation that's available. At the time, the leader of the USSR was visiting, like, I think on the day of, like, whose funeral. Yeah. Or, like, around that. So there were all these people in Tiananmen Square, and that's where his welcome was supposed to be. The government had to, like, move it to the airport instead. So the government was, like, a little pissed about that. They're like, yeah. You know, you can't, like, have a foreign leader when you're hosting and be like, sorry, all my children are screaming and are angry at me right now. And I'm yeah. just, like, in my house. So, you know how it goes. So that also didn't help the whole situation. One of the most iconic images from the whole event was captured by a photographer named Jeff Widener. He captured what I think both of us remember probably yes. the most about the event and probably what's most known the lone man standing on the front line, like in the middle of the road in front of four tanks. It's known as Tank Man. Mm-hmm. Very creative name. But it's crazy because I was watching an interview with the photographer and he was talking about watching this guy. And he, you see the guy like stand in front of the tanks and then the tank tries to go to the left and the mm-hmm. man jumps in yeah. front of it. And then it goes to the right. He jumps in front of it again. So... The other weird thing that the photographer mentioned, though, is like nobody knows who this guy is. Hmm. Nobody knows what happened to him. Nobody knows where his family is. Same with all the people in those tanks, too. So it's like a weird. I don't know. I think that could probably be like a conspiracy theory. I don't. I think maybe there's not a lot of records that are public to us, which is probably why we don't know. I'm sure that the government knows where they are and what happened to them can't say if they're alive or dead personally but yeah i don't know yeah so wow yeah i wonder i mean not to get too conspiracy but i wonder if those people are hushed up because it became such a huge iconic thing and they don't want people to reach out to them and like talk to them like interview and and Uh, keep spreading the word absolutely not and also i think they're probably dead based on the fact that they were executing students yeah 
I think, and executing like the work Beijing workers, just people who happen to be there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were kind of. It's terrible. They were literally picking off people. Like, yeah. I, it's not that I can't imagine it because I can imagine right. it because we live in scary times mm-hmm. always. But as a person, I don't know if I could ever imagine playing God in that way. Mm-hmm. Like what to turn on your own people. Yeah. That just feels like a whole nother level of betrayal. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seems it's really fucked up. Even today we don't know how many people were killed hmm. in the Tiananmen Square massacre. Reporters and Western diplomats say they estimated that it's hundreds to thousands mm. were killed. They're not sure, with may- maybe as many as 10,000 arrested with wow. a big shruggy emoji because yeah. they really don't know. In late June of 1989, so less than a month from the event, the Chinese government said that 241 civilians had died. But in 2017, actually, so a little bit recently, newly released documents revealed that a diplomatic cable from the then British ambassador to China said that 10,000 people died in the massacre. Holy crap. Which I'm thinking is probably more accurate. Yeah. So for the last 30 years since this happened, groups like Hong Kong Alliance in support of patriotic democratic movements of China, the longest club and organization ever on your resume, (laughs) would organize candlelight visuals that saw tens of thousands of people mass in the city's Victoria Park to commemorate China's bloody military crackdown against pro-democracy demonstrations. However, the national security law imposed by Beijing last year officially criminalizes subversion, succession, terrorism, and foreign collusion to interfere with Hong Kong's affairs. Critics say that this law, which has been used to arrest more than 100 people, rolls back freedoms that were promised to what was a former British colony. Yes. Um, I was actually going to say. When it was handed over to China in 1997. Yeah. So Hong Kong had been promised that for 50 years it could maintain freedoms not found on the mainland, such as freedom of speech and assembly. Democracy, too. Yes. They had democracy for a long time. And this is obviously seeming to be cut short. Yeah. So I'd like to end on some words from Aaron Tao, a former marketing coordinator at the Independent Institute, and Tolstoy, a famous Russian writer. Let us not forget the events of this tragedy and join the efforts of people across the world in commemoration. As Tolstoy noted, it takes a single act of courage from one free-thinking individual to create a ripple that will become a tidal wave. Even as we deal with overzealous economic regulations and see ominous signs of growing police state in the United States, we should keep in mind that many people across the world have it much worse. Yeah. The message of liberty carries universal appeal, and we should always stand together against government attempts at oppression, no matter where they happen to be. I'm crying. I know. My hope is that one day we will stop thinking about our world in terms of nations and think of it as like the earth and like we are all part of the same planet trying to make the same trying to make a better world for everybody who's living here it's horrible because there's just i think a widespread apathy for them and then within the groups there people are either like this is just how it is yeah or or they're like we don't know what you're talking about yeah it's just a bummer well it's current i mean it is still to this day kind of going on in Hong Kong. 
based on what you talked about. Oh, yes, yes. So there there was like recently, I think it was last year mm-hmm. or two years ago at this point, people tried to put up like a museum to show like what happened there and like document what actually yeah. happened and they were taken away yeah. like immediately. Well, even just protesting about the like combination of the governments and stuff are still happening right now and hong kong's actually like nicknamed the umbrella revolution i did a little bit of a research on this a few years ago because the students who are protesting carry umbrellas because when they are getting thrown tear gas and stuff they will put their like umbrellas up to shield themselves and other people from i haven't actually heard of that but it occurred in 2014 from september to december mm-hmm. i mean it's not the easiest thing to listen to but i definitely i'm glad that you told me and i think that you know people should think about this kind of stuff especially us as americans you know we're dealing with our own bullshit but everybody else is too yeah so right when you think <laughs> about it like we're all people but we're all we're all nations too yeah. we're all like fucking shit up on our own exactly doing, doing our own good job just making shit worse so I, like, I don't know what to do. I, in these moments, I feel powerless, but I ultimately think we just have to have faith and, like, do what we have the power to do. Yep. yep. Um, whether that is, like, donating money, signing petitions, getting involved in your local protesting. government, protesting as a just humanity. Do pa- just do our part. Yes. Whatever that is, whatever you can do, do it. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And if you need to see immediate change local level is good too i know it's not like this big thing but if you can only handle yes community level that's where you get to see real impact in front of you exactly you know bigger government (laughs) takes a long ass time (laughs) yeah as we know yeah in america does anybody else's government have an official dmv system like a (laughs) like a car like getting your license anybody would you like talk to our oh my god the head of dmv speaking of that it's almost my birthday so i have to get mine renewed yeah dang it thanks for the reminder you're welcome (laughs) well anyways guys i think we're done talking so i'm emotionally spent so but if you want to look up more there are pieces of things around the internet i didn't look for a documentary but i'm sure there's things you can do out there to educate yourself and just hopefully be nice to the person next to you definitely Look out for your fellow man. And maybe just, like, listen to other people's perspectives, too. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So. I mean, that's also kind of why we started this, too. Exactly. we were, like, we were just in our own little bubbles. Yes. Very so, much. Very much. Yeah. But thank you guys for listening. Please check us out on social media at By the Letter Pod and email us by the letterpod at gmail.com if you have anything to say. We love to hear from you, and we love you, and we appreciate you. <laughs> get, get yourself a little treat. Yes. You've listened through it. You've learned. Hopefully take these lessons forward and... Good night. Good night and goodbye and God bless. DC.